the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I've really been looking forward to our 1205 interview with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org because I know what Matt and I are going to talk about today. I got a little heads up on it last night. First, before we get into that, welcome Matt. You can follow him on Twitter at OhioMatt. You can follow his site, OpportunityOhio.org, and you should because he's very insightful on all things that he opines about. And Matt, you used to have the highest clearance possible in the U.S. government in your position at Homeland Security. And I just kind of wonder, as you have heard over the past week, more documents, more places, dating back to Joe Biden's time as a senator. Mike Pence has documents. Take me through what it's like when you either read or present classified documents to a government official who's been elected to high office, like senator or vice president. How do those items make it out of what is supposed to be a secure environment? That would have to be a very purposeful decision on the part of the person taking them out, would it not? It it, it would, actually. Um, So you're not supposed to remove documents from the the safe, the SCIF, uh, which is the the sensitive compartmented information facility, um, unless you have them in a specialized bag that allows you to kind of carry them from point A to point B from, let's say, skiff to skiff, right? If you're going from Homeland Security to the White House Situation Room and you have classified documents, that's how you would probably transport them, right? Um, a U.S. senator never can take documents. They, they have to go into a skiff that's, that's in the Senate, look at the documents there, and leave without documents. They can never remove documents. And so the fact that Joe Biden had documents from his Senate days, and remember, we don't even know what's in the 1,500 boxes sitting at the University of Delaware, and yeah. there's more classified information in those boxes. But it's clear he removed documents, which it, it does, no matter how you slice and dice it, don't care about your partisan makeup, that is against the law, period. And so you just can't do it, and he clearly did. Okay, so I've heard reports that Miranda Devine, New York Post, who wrote the Laptop from Hell book about Hunter Biden's laptop, that she has written a story and shown one of Hunter Biden's emails reads a lot like a classified document about Ukraine. Okay, let's, you know, tidy that up. He got a bunch of money from a Ukrainian energy company. I've never read a classified document. So I'm curious, have you seen her story? And what would you say about whether or not it appears that Hunter Biden may have had that information, classified information to authenticate his bona fides as someone that uh, the energy company should pay bags and bags of cash? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I've read her book, excellent book, highly recommend it. I read the, the I read the actual email she refers to, and I've watched Miranda talk about it. If you go to Ohio Matt on my Twitter account, you can look down and see I've retweeted the Tucker Carlson interview of Miranda that where she walks through why this is a problematic email for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, and and it has the markings of a classified document. And and what Miranda says, which is really important, is she's gone through all the email. This one email is unlike every other email Hunter sent. Right, no misspellings very detailed, very thoughtful, lots of analysis, and it uses things like RU for Russia, UK for Ukraine. It talks about potential sanctions of how the U.S. government would react 
to something happening in Ukraine, which is something that is not generally known and would likely have been classified at the time. So it appears by all intents and purposes that that Hunter Biden got a hold of classified information, likely from the State Department through his dad somehow, and put that in the document. Now, remember, this this email was sent about a week before Joe Biden went over to Ukraine, and a, not not very long before Hunter and his and the guy who got the email, Devin Archer, became paid board members of Burisma in Ukraine, making you know eighty five thousand a month. So this is this is a big smoking gun problem for the Biden administration and the Biden family. Matt Mayer, our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. Read his Substack, The Patriot Mind. And, Matt, I talked a lot this week about education issues in the state of Ohio, about how in states where we have governors who lead, they are prioritizing and getting past school choice. Uh, I have become very disgruntled with Mike DeWine as governor. But as you and I discussed last night, uh, you would like to make an announcement today that relates to your dissatisfaction, not just with Mike DeWine, but with uh, the state government in the state of Ohio. Uh, what is getting done, what is not getting done, and uh, I'm excited about your announcement. So tell the people what you uh, have decided to do about these matters. Yeah, look, I've been in the trenches for 10 years uh, more or more here in Ohio trying to get the policymakers to make the right changes to get this state as a leader, not a laggard. And they have failed to do it, governor after governor, legislature after legislature, and I'm tired and I'm fed up. So today I'm announcing that I am uh, uh, exploring a run for governor in 2026. Yes, it's early, but I'm an outsider. I need a lot of time to kind of get out to all 88 counties to build up a grassroots movement to see if I can raise the money to then make a make an official run probably sometime in a year, year and a half. But I, if you go to ohiomat.com, you'll see you know, my 12-page detailed agenda of everything I want to do. And on there, you'll see an accountability agenda, which is a checklist of, of that agenda to essentially hold the current legislatures, uh, legislators and Mike DeWine and John Houston accountable for what they're not doing. And let's hope they do it. And if they do, I won't have to, to run in four years. But but we got to have change in the state. Our job uh, growth is among the worst in America. We are losing people. Over 40,000 have left Ohio in the last two years. We've got to turn things around. And it can't just happen in Columbus and Cincinnati. We've got 88 counties, most of which are dying on the vine, that desperately need help. And, and we're going to bring help to those counties. And we're going to get this state revitalized. Uh, if, if, the, if the establishment and career politicians won't do it, then an outsider like me will. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org, announcing his exploratory run for governor four years from now. And what I love about your announcement is it's not uh, driven by your own personal lust for power or prestige or prominence. It's driven by your frustration that Ohio is not, in all 88 counties, Benefiting like Franklin County is or Licking County is. And we hear these announcements, Amazon's buying more land and, oh, Intel's going to be mammoth and all that. And it's great. And that's what Mike DeWine hides behind as, well, look, I'm getting this done. And, you know, I think in that vein, I think he has hid behind, look, I'm pro-life. Look, I'm pro-Second Amendment. I got concealed carry passed. And it takes more than that. There is more to be done as a conservative governor in a, in a conservative center-right state, there is a lot more to be done that he could be doing if he were leading, and I don't feel that he is leading. So tell me how this could work for you, what you need, how you will go about getting other people in the state of Ohio to understand that there are things that DeWine and Husted cite as, look, we're getting the job done, but they're really not getting the job done for everyone in all corners of the state. 
let me give you a couple data points, right? We are still 64,000 jobs below where we were in February of 2020. So the jobs we lost at the pandemic, we still haven't recovered. Most of the states, states have, not Ohio. That means we've yet to net a single private sector job since 2019, right? We've not had 100,000 or more jobs added in the state in a year since 1997. That's Oof. 25 years ago. And just to put that in perspective, Bruce, 100,000 100, jo- jobs, all that is is 0.8% growth. Like, we're not talking a massive expansion here. They can't even handle that, and that's been the case for 25 years, right? I told you we've lost 40,000 people. If you look at the, the, the 88 counties, the vast majority are losing people and have lost jobs over the last 12 years and last 22 years in terms of two different metrics. Why did I say 12? Because that's the era of jobs Ohio, right? This going to create slice bread in a different way, going to be the end-all, be-all of economic development. And it has totally failed if you don't live in the greater Columbus area and the greater Cincinnati area. And so we've got to make some changes, right? We've got a lot of other things that need to happen. We need to make Ohio a right-to-work state. We need to get rid of the state income tax, right? We need to reform government. We, we need to get these legislators and the, uh, the governor and lieutenant governor cut their pay in half and, and make them eligible for a bonus if Ohio enters the top 10 in net percentage job growth. I'll live by that pledge from day one, because if pay performance is good for the classroom, it better damn well be good for the legislature. And they get paid in full while Ohio becomes more and more of a laggard. And there are other issues. Again, go to OhioMath.com and you can dig into all the issues. There's a huge list of them. And I detail why, you know, what's the problem, why we're, what we're going to do to fix it. So th- this is a big deal. And look, I- I'm not naive. I'm an outsider. I have got a very steep mountain to climb. But Bruce, like if I, if somebody doesn't step up and do this, we cannot get this state fixed and we will continue to be a dead state walking. And I'm a fifth generation Ohioan. And I'll be damned if the sixth generation doesn't stay here. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. His website is OhioMatt.com, exploratory run for governor. You know, the fact that, and I'm not aligning you with Joe Blystone, but the fact that Joe Blystone came from a business background, and you have a government background and a business background, but the fact that Joe Blystone got the percentage of votes he got in the Republican primary, I think shows that Ohioans are receptive to hearing from an outsider like you. Dwayne Hustek didn't even get 50% of the vote in the primary, so I absolutely agree with you. That's one of the things I looked at deeply. And so I think that, that Ohio Republican primary voters are dying for a vision and a change in something big and bold like Ronald Reagan said, right? Paint with bold colors, no pale pastels. Mike DeWine and John Husted are nothing but pale pastels. We've got to go bold if we're going to get this state turned around, and, and we will be bold under, under me. Matt, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your passion for Ohio. Please keep us apprised of what you're doing. And I look forward to hearing more about how this is received by the Ohioans that you interact with. Thanks, Bruce. So how about that? Breaking a little news here on the Bruce Hooley Show. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org, announcing an exploratory run for governor. This is how it was supposed to work, right? We were supposed to have citizen leaders, and then they would return to their jobs after they served. Instead, we have this system set up where you get into politics early and you keep running and you keep running and you keep running and you ascend to the highest office. That's how you wind up with career politicians like Mike DeWine, like Sherrod Brown, like Joe Biden. How's that working out? Hmm. Uh, My kids got a day off school yesterday because of the weather. Everybody back to it today, except at Fairfield Union Local Schools in Fairfield County, where overnight there was a threat of violence at the Fairfield County Sheriff's Department. 
became aware of. Kudos to them. Now, they notified school officials and Superintendent Chad Belleville, uh, thought discretion being the better part uh, of valor, said uh, we'll cancel school today. So Fairfield Union students got the day off today. They uh, indicate that no one was in imminent danger. So prudent decision made there. Uh, told you early on in the show about a 14-year-old boy who is now in custody after turning himself in today to Columbus police, wanted on murder charges, or at least he's charged with murder, from a shooting at the at a McDonald's in South Columbus in January the 14th. Uh, overnight, Grandview Heights police engaged in a high-speed chase on city streets up to 80 miles an hour for one person they're still looking for, uh, a second they have apprehended. Uh, the one person was wanted on a warrant. They spotted him. He jumped in a car with the other person. They sped off. So uh, as of now, I have no word as to whether or not they have apprehended that person. We have, it appears, the end of the saga involving the very tragic death of 13-year-old Tyree King. This is from seven years ago, 2016. Uh, Tyree King had a BB gun in his, on his, he was holding it or it was in his belt or something. Anyway, he had it. It looked, unfortunately, realistic. And a Columbus police officer um, obviously felt he was in peril from this weapon, which was a BB gun, not a real weapon, and shot and killed Tyree King. In 2017, the next year, Franklin County Grand Jury chose to exonerate the officer, would not indict him on criminal charges. A civil suit has uh, lingered ever since, and that civil suit um, went the officer's way yesterday. Federal jury said that he did not violate the 13-year-old's constitutional right to be free from excessive force. These are such sad stories um, when um, a young person is sucked into the lie that having a weapon or a fake weapon makes them a tough person, makes them, um, somehow elevates them. And we had a case like this in Cleveland a few years ago. A very young boy at a city park. Cleveland police officers rolled up on him because there was a report that he had a kid with a gun they rolled up. It was it was not a real gun, but it looked like a real gun. He was shot. The community's outraged. I mean, if, could you put yourself in the frame of mind of the officer? I say this all the time that two things can be true at once. It is exceedingly tragic when a young person loses their life in circumstances like this because they really were no threat to the officer, but the officer has no way of knowing this. They have no way of knowing it. They make these weapons to look so real. And Why? Because they want to sell more of them. Well, what's the demand that would make them sell more? A lot of horribly wrong ideology goes into the fact that the more realistic you make a fake gun, the more popular it is. So I hate to see uh, any young life ended because when a young life ends, it's because they have not been shepherded and stewarded well by the adults who have authority over them. And there are a lot of factors at place in that, you know, drug abuse, addiction, just 
being a bad parent. And then we have ample examples of bad parenting. The two people who uh, killed the, what was he, eight-month-old baby, January 9th? Officers show up in North Linden. They find the little boy not breathing. They take him to the hospital. He dies. They find he's been had multiple broken bones before, including some broken bones that were in process of healing. So we've got a 23-year-old woman, a 24-year-old man, um, have each been charged with three counts of endangering children, one count of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, they are both in custody right now. And I just saw this story, and it's just so horrific. Duxbury, Massachusetts, overnight, husband comes home, finds that all three of his children uh, are not breathing. It turns out that the mom, Lindsay Clancy, 32 years old, strangled two of them to death, a five-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son, and attempted to strangle a seven-month-old son. The boy has survived but is in very perilous condition at Boston Children's Hospital. And then the 32-year-old woman uh, jumped out a window, clearly trying to... um, do herself harm. She did not die. She is in police custody now, but in the hospital recovering from her injuries. What I was struck with were were the comments of the police chief, and maybe it's the fire chief in the case. Uh, And he said this, during moments like this, we can come together as a community to pray for one another, grieve with each other, and support our brothers and sisters. Join us as we pray for the Clancy family, their friends, and family, the first responders, and all those so deeply affected by the events of the week. Um, They said that the first responders um, of them, the Duxbury Fire Chief said, I'm sure many of them will never forget what they saw last evening, and I think we should all be grateful to the men and women who put on a uniform and are willing to do this difficult and challenging job. Yeah, we don't think about that, do we? We, we hear, and I retell stories every day of tragic events that bring to, the, to an end the life of a young person or forever change the life of a young person. They're like the 14-year-old boy this morning who turned himself in on murder charges. We focus on the news of, the, of that. We don't focus on what's the emotional toll on our police, our firefighters, our medics, our nurses who have to see this. It's a good thing to remember as you pray for them. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.